podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Live Bird Pod. Thanks very much for joining us on this uh, sunny-ish weekend, possibly, wherever we are. Um, so I have my regular contributors with me. I have Amy Kate, I have Molly, and I have Randy covering all corners of the globe, as per usual. So welcome along, ladies. It's good to talk to you again. We're going to kick straight off, and we're going to start with uh, a little reflection on our bonkers game against Brentford. <laughs> Randy, let me start with you. <laughs> what did you make of the Brentford game? Oh, what a mad, mad match that was. It was uh, incredible. I'm sure it must have been really entertaining for a neutral. And uh, I must say it was for me as well, but a bit too much uh, excitement for um, for me in the end uh, I thought it was lovely that Klopp said in the interview afterwards he congratulated the whole Brentford club with an incredible display today and I must say that that club is so um, uh, so likeable aren't they so I was like wow this is a team I could really uh, be behind if it wasn't for the fact that played us uh, I thought it was a good lineup. Uh, I was really happy about Trent being back and um, Robbo uh, and Costas. It doesn't matter to me anymore because I think they've been equally good. So, And I was really happy about Jones being back. And uh, the front was uh, as expected. And uh, luckily, uh, Shorter got his goal uh, in a brilliant matter. And Salah made his 100th Liverpool uh, goal, which was uh, again funny to look at in the pre-interview with Klopp because he's so confused about all the records Mo's has lately. So he's like, "Didn't he just do that? <laughs> we got him the T-shirt." Uh, I mean, he's <laughs> funny, isn't he? He can't really keep up with it all. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was a nice display, except from, of course, our defensive line that was all over the place and which ended up, even though we managed to say one at the line with Fabinho and Virgil had a lovely uh, cover-up uh, when he ran for his life there uh, and tackled in a brilliant matter. But I thought the goals were good and we could, of course, done better with theirs. But they're a very sympathetic club, so I'm, I'm pleased in the end. Yeah, the um, the, the sort of... Uh, defensive uh, fragility was was a bit of a surprise, if I'm honest, with the, with the sort of back line that we put out, which is our, uh, you would argue, is probably our strongest back line with Verge, Matic, Trent, and Robbo with with Ali, and um, 
I didn't think any of them particularly covered themselves in in glory, but a part of the credit, I guess, has to go to Brentford for that because they had a clear plan and they stuck to their plan in terms of, um, you know, try, putting us onto the back foot and uh, in, t- in terms of how they were attacking um, and their pressing, etc. Um, Amy Kate, the the sort of front the front three i mean you know randy's sort of talked about it um but you know we had we had mané we had salah we had jota um two two of the three scored um and i do i do wonder whether we genuinely understand what we're seeing in terms of the the point randy made around you know mo breaking another record or you know but it, you know, just kind of keeps climbing up the charts um, because there's, you know, the, we, we were having a debate on our little WhatsApp group with the with the group that I go to to football with in terms of um, Torres, Suarez, and Salah in terms of the the best foreign in inverted commas player that we've ever had, and maybe maybe we'll come back to that, but. Um, I, you know, we could have scored. We could have scored six, possibly seven, yesterday. Um, and I just, I just wonder what you, what you think about, you know, the uh, Salah leading that forward line in terms of what, what he's brought, you know, what he's brought to Liverpool since since he's joined the club. Well, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um course you know he does at times um he got caught off sides with VAR um they all do I felt like Mane didn't shine as much but I actually kind of expected because they kind of play and maybe I'm maybe this is just all in my head but they kind of play back and forth if one scores the other one is right behind him with the matching them up so I kind of thought okay Mane's gonna gotta score because Sala just did and he, he he didn't um I, I think more of I was thinking more about the game yesterday of um, defensively of how things were going and and we just couldn't cope with the long ball and they they definitely targeted Trent and Trent's not um, doesn't defend as well as some of the other you know defensively as some of the other defenders um, and they definitely targeted him um, I I guess I in my mind I was focusing more on that but. We we had a lot of um, the 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 old rule of body over the ball. How many times did it did they shoot well beyond you know the crossbar? And they they definitely to to, to focus on that more because um, you're right. We should have had we we should we shouldn't have been three three. We should have probably been. I mean, definitely not taking away from Brentford they were absolutely brilliant and, and I'm with Randy they are a very likable likable team um but we need to um hone in on our our uh shooting because we're we're throwing huge opportunities away so yeah I don't I don't know let me let me pose that question to to Molly so Molly do you do you concur that you think Brentford are a likable team or um, was there was there anything that you saw uh, in terms of their performance that 
um, sort of didn't didn't sit 100% well with you and just you know just we we were we were talking obviously about our, our sort of slightly fragile defensive display um i wondered what, sort of what what you what your thoughts were on that as well um i didn't like them very much yesterday um <laughs> <laughs> obviously like they were very very physical um even up front and it it's kind of hard to put your finger on really i think you know normally the the, the defenses were so solid it's where we've been um incredibly solid and, and with having allison and van dyke i think and matt at back i think definitely expected a different performance um I, I, again, it's just hard to put your finger off because they, they were Brentford very physical, but equally, I, it was really shaky performance from the likes of like Matip and even Alexander Arnold and Robbo, which is not kind of normal, maybe because he's been out for a couple of games, has been rested uh, for a couple of weeks now, and you know. <laughs> Maybe it was just a bit of a surprise, kind of the way in which they played, where especially when they were attacking, um, maybe caught them off guard a bit. But but then again, it shouldn't, should it? Um, you know that that they should be ready for that. Um, but say with Robbo, especially, maybe it was just back from injury, being rested, but wasn't quite in in the right position to kind of. Because he was kind of out of position a bit as well, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he seems to be. He seems to be, you know, a, a little bit behind everybody else. Um, and yeah. I don't know. Don't know if that's because they, they of... weren't quite in sync, were they? I felt oh, they no were in sync, and I think, and I think, you know, a lot of the kind of superb kind of performances that we get from, as opposed from from the likes of Alison and Van Dijk and then in turn kind of Matip is because there seems to be a real kind of like trust there. Like, and I think that was just felt a bit flimsy yesterday and you could see Van Dijk kind of getting really cross, really angry, um, which, yeah, he should have done. He should be, but equally that might have, again, had a bit of a knockoff on his performance as well if, if you're then like, shit, He's he keeps being out of position and 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 this is this is just not working today. Is this about it, all the switches in the defense? Because we've had so many in and outs. Because I thought Gomez and Conate was really good the the other match, and then now it's a completely new setup. I I, I don't think so much that Randy because in the Premier League it has been reasonably consistent where it has been Van Dyke and um, Matip and um, certainly Robertson before he got injured and, and obviously Trent but but you know to your earlier point um, you know Costas has done a cracking job whenever yeah. he's played so I don't know maybe for the first time Robbo's feeling a little bit of pressure on his position um, you know, and and maybe he slightly lost a bit of rhythm coming back from the injury. Um, yeah. I don't know, but but sort of you know collectively, and I and I didn't think you know 
I thought that Allison probably didn't have his best game either, albeit he did pull off some cracking saves. But yeah, I just thought collectively the the back five were not brilliant yesterday. Um, you know, conceding three goals kind of proves that. Having said all of that, it felt like one of those weekends, particularly with the early results, with you know Man City beating Chelsea, Villa beating um, United. It felt like it was one of those weird result weekends coming up. Um, yeah. And even even though you know we would normally buck the trend, I mean you know so the good news is we didn't lose. Um, the bad news is we should have won. You know the the sort of d- disappointing news is we conceded three goals. We are still top of the league. Yeah, we still haven't yeah. lost the game, and all the other teams have lost the game now. Yeah, so you know we we have to t- you know we have to take the 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 upside and like um, you know we yeah go on Molly. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, it was Amy Kate. I just said absolutely. We have to take the positives. So I think they actually did do. There's a lot of positives in the game. Um, you know, and and Klopp talked about it in his interview as well. Um, you know, we we made some mistakes, but there's lots to learn, and there's lots of positive things with the game as well. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a, the last half, I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> no, that and um, like I say, you know, so six six games in, still unbeaten, and top of the league. Um, and whether you know whether you agree with the sentiment behind the latest song, um, you know technically it's it's correct at the moment. So <laughs> I presume <laughs> I, I don't know if you've all heard that. So the Reds have got no money, but we're still going to win the league. Sung um, <laughs> quite vociferously on the top um, and by the away fans <laughs> so far this season. Um, <laughs> Know how Canate feels having when we splashed out thirty five million on him, but hey ho. Um, <laughs> so, Amy Kate, let me start with you. We had a lot of games going on in September in multiple competitions, um, and it feels like a lifetime ago now. But um, we actually started with a three nil uh, victory at Elland Road, uh, which was you know it was a tough game. Um, and then we obviously had the start of the Champions League, so we'll we're, with the uh, sort of again a bit of a bit of a goal fest, three uh, two against AC Milan. Um, were there any particular things that uh, sort of struck you out of um, any of those games that you thought were either good uh, omens for for the season or anything that you thought well? that's something we definitely need to work on. Oh my gosh, it's been so long trying to remember everything. Um, I just remember lots of happy moments and, and, and cheering because there was lots of goals being made. And um, <laughs> so I can't really think of anything in particular, but I do remember seeing a stat that before this game this morning, I think I have this right, we were exactly the same every game that we played and Chelsea played we got the same amount of points or same amount of goals sorry same amount of goals um and I thought that was yeah, interesting 
we're on par with them. That's the only thing I can think of right now. <laughs> that didn't answer your question. I know. I'm sorry, but that's the only thing I can think of right now. <laughs> no, we had it up until this this weekend. We had exactly the same result as Chelsea. So, same, same number of goals, same number of you know wins, same number of draws, same goal difference, etc., etc., etc. I thought that um, was quite actually. Yeah, so so the thing that I one of the things I remember about that AC Milan game um, was the um, uh, was Paolo Maldini uh, being on the uh, sideline, and um, and his son uh, is now is playing for AC Milan, so it's now the third generation of Maldinis. Um, <laughs> Who, who who have played for for AC Milan, which I which I find staggering, really. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but the 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 other thing that sort of struck me about AC Milan is that, um, you know, I think I think reports of their death have been over exaggerated. Um, yes, yes, we won. Um, but they did, you know, they they caused us a couple of issues, and I think. You know, if people think they're going to be the whipping boy of the group, um, I think they might be slightly surprised. Um, the the other good thing for us, obviously, with that was that um, Atletico Madrid and Porto only got a draw in their first game. So so currently we're we're top of our group uh, before we go into obviously the next next round of games. Um, but after the after the Champions League, um, Molly, we obviously moved back into uh, league action, um, and we also had the Carabao Cup, as I think it's still called. Um, so we had, <laughs> uh, yeah, Crystal Palace, I think it was, and Norwich uh, were our, our next two opponents up. And I actually was quite interested in the Palace game because I, I really don't like them um, and haven't liked them for a long time and have a, a sort of visceral hatred of Selhurst Park. Um, and I was also really interested up because their last game, I think they, they, they'd won 3-0 and they hadn't, been, they hadn't been expected to win. Um, and, so, and it was their first win of the season, I think. And therefore, sort of came in quite, you know, bubbly, um, and obviously have Patrick Vieira as their manager, who's, uh, you know, starting out his his sort of proper managerial career now. Um, and then obviously, I mean, I don't know, Norwich was possibly a bit of a free hit. Um, but what did you manage to see either or both of those games? Um, and what did you think? Hey, yeah, I didn't watch them live, but I did, I did, uh, I did watch. I think, um, I think one of the standouts for me is being uh, Costos because I think it was the Palace game, the first game we stepped in for, um, and obviously with not having Andy Robertson there, um, mm-hmm. that felt huge. Um, but actually, he he came in and. Uh, has done an excellent job standing in like you said before maybe even making Robbo a little bit nervous um 
yeah, uh, Conate, I think, again, did he debut that game as well? Um, I think he might have been, actually. Yeah, it's been nice kind of seeing quite a few noobs uh, and then quite a few, <laughs> and then we had Thiago back as well. Um, if briefly. Briefly, but, you know, and then to obviously get the two, three nils on the back, because that's not just... That's not like a jammy win, is it? That's a that's a win-win uh, for both of them. From two, well, Palace can be a bit of a tricky team for us, has been in the past. Um, but it felt they felt like real proper wins. And as I say, looking at the line before you, potentially not a little bit nervous, uh, looking at the new guys coming in and then just putting on such a great performance. Uh, and just really kind of setting the tone, I think, as well, um, for, for the games to come. I just thought it was just two really impressive wins from two potentially tricky teams. Yeah, I, I think for me, I was, I was really pleased to see Canate get the, the games under his belt because he, in effect, I think he had like two 90-minute Back to back with the the Palace and the and the Norwich games, um, and it was it was great to see Naby score um, against Palace, um, and I, that's obviously been turned into a meme or a gif or possibly both now. Um, but I, I suppose because of how fragile he's been with us, I I have to say I was slightly surprised. That he was in the team for Norwich, um, and and I know it's just like one of those freak things, but you know he got injured kicking grass, um, and I just, just I can't feel for him because you know it just seems like whatever can happen to him will happen to him, and and um, I don't know that there was necessary a need for him to pay in the in the league cup against Norwich. So I was a, I was a bit surprised about that. But um, I think there's been maybe for yeah. Naby just there's been rumours, isn't it, that he won't renew his contract unless he's getting playing time and stuff. So maybe that that's coming yeah. into it a bit. Yeah. Maybe. Do, do we really believe that Klopp would be would even countenance a conversation with a player who says Unless you play me more, I'm not going to sign the contract extension. No, I suppose not. And to be honest, often that's just agent talk, isn't it? Exactly. Anyway. I mean, I, 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 I'm not giving. I'm not even giving that house room at the moment. Um, to be honest. Um, it was nice to see. Um, yeah, go on. Sorry, get two as well. Just speaking of it, that was coming on. And and that was a nice. And for Div to get and really pleased for him. Um, and all, all I was going to say, Randy, you know, we we potentially saw uh, a bit of the future um, of the club, possibly with that uh, Carabao Cup game with um, Cade Gordon um, and Bradley and uh, Tyler Morton. Um, and and I just thought I thought the young kids did themselves proud, to be honest. 
um and and kind of slotted in and you can you can clearly see you know in terms of the the style that's sort of being played from the academy all the way through that that there seems to be uh, a real identity in terms in terms of our football but what what did you think of the the younger uh players in the in the league cup tie uh, I completely agree with you. It was such a breath of fresh air to see some new ones, even though uh, Gordon is uh, known to us now. But to see Bradley and Morton, uh, especially Morton, I was really surprised about because I haven't ever seen him before. So I was like, wow, this calmness and this sort of down to earth, just doing his business, not looking stressed at all. And... Uh, Gordon, that could have had his goal. That would have been magic, wouldn't it? And uh, Bradley, I, I felt a bit sorry for him because it looked like he was the one to blame while well, he was when he made the pen. But uh, he certainly made up for it doing all the other stuff he did because I was like, I thought this was like Trent-esque, the way he played, actually. And as you said, they all look like proper Liverpool players, no matter where they come from and when they show up they just look like they fit in and that must be down to the coaching staff and, and the philosophy and how they've actually made that um, to to become this red thread through the whole thing I mean they all know their business and what to do which is really impressive so I, I, I thought that was so nice to see and I'm also so happy about uh, Taki and Keita getting their goals and of course Origi uh, and I completely agree with you. Why should uh, Cater play in a game that we could actually use all the all our um, players in a better way, maybe than letting him kick the cross? <laughs> and I was, yeah, I, I was very surprised about that. But then, of course, you don't know what's going to happen. But but we talked about that last season as well. It was in a, a Champions League match that didn't really matter against this Danish team, and uh, we played. Who did we play that got injured in that game? And we were like, why the fuck afterwards? And that's easily yeah. said afterwards. But I mean, I think sometimes we do play strange lineups in that way. Uh, and can I just comment on, I think it's so funny because I've, I've made my notes before this um, uh, pod and I saw, what is it with Liverpool and the number three this season? Because we got that 3-0, I mean, <laughs> what's happening? So what's the next going to be then? Are we, are we going to be three nil again? That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I am. Um, yes, I don't know. Uh, anybody else got <laughs> you on that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. It, it just we we seem to be drawn to that, don't we? <laughs> as long as we're not third and we're really three points clear of top I'm, I I would like the number three <laughs> <laughs> exactly and as long as it's three and nil against City and not the other way around right <laughs> well uh, we, we're gonna um, we're gonna come straight into that so seeing as you've introduced it uh, <laughs> Randy we we obviously um, we do have a game, obviously, in the Champions League before Man City, but we are, for the purposes of this discussion, we're going to focus on uh, the Man City game. So clearly, 
when we we play them next weekend. Um, they've obviously just come off the back of beating Chelsea. They also have a Champions League game um, in midweek. Um, so, uh, what are we thinking? Uh, so, other than obviously three nil, Randy. Um, what what are your thoughts about the the forthcoming game? Well, looking at it, uh, we're going to Porto first, and I would like to see some changes again. Although maybe the back five should stay the same, so they can get into sync again. I don't know. Uh, maybe Costa's in that there and and keep the same lineup uh, because I think we should not. Um, look easy on Porto because they are a much more difficult team to play these days than a couple of years ago when we beat them 5-0 and stuff. So I think we should really take that seriously and of course we have the longest possible break then until Sunday Uh, and every game against City is a big one, even though it doesn't look it on City's um, uh, home ground, (laughs) but they're at Anfield now and every time they come here it's a really stress moment for uh, Pep. He's going to do something strange again, you know, he's going to surprise both his own team and us and try to do something about that and he's not going to succeed I think. So everyone's going to be up for that one and we should uh, beat them narrowly like 2-1 or something at home I hope because it really means something. So they're um... They're playing PSG away. Um, Which is same, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, so the, the same day that we play Porto away. So you could argue that, um, I mean, you know, Paris is slightly closer, but there's not a lot of difference in the travelling. So I, Amy, Kate, do, do you think that uh, their game potentially is going to be harder for them than our game against Porto? I want to think so. I think um, PSG is a pretty strong team. Um, so I'm going to say yes. I'm going to be optimistic about it. Um, not saying that Porto isn't going to be hard, but I think um, I think it's going to be a little more difficult for them than it is for us, at least I'm hoping. And what about all of these you know, injuries that, that Man City uh, purportedly have, although, you know, there was a load of uh, comments, uh, there was a load of stuff in the press about um, Laporte and somebody else not being available for the game and, and Laporte was playing um, at the weekend. So, yeah. you know, I don't think you can sort of trust uh, too much of the, the paper talk uh, on this sort of stuff. Um but I guess it's, you know, picking up on uh, Randy's point, Amy Kate, it, do you, uh, are we expecting Pep to overthink and second guess himself again then for this game? I hope so, um, in our favour. But he, he, I think we intimidate him at home. I mean, Fortress Anfield's back. So I, I think that he's not coming in here as confident as he would if we were going there. Um, but then they don't really have any fans in their stadium to support them anyway. So it, you know, um, sorry, I should have said that. <laughs> I need to be nice. Um, but they you really don't. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think, I think we intimidate him and I think Klopp intimidates him and, and coming to play at Anfield is pretty intimidating for everybody. So I, I think that's an advantage for us. And now that we have our fans back and I think the fans, um, there's been times in the past that people are like, oh, there's no atmosphere, you know, Anfield's not like it was, but not having fans in for so long that even, even um, this, you know, at the Brentford, you could hear our small group of fans over them. I mean, I just think that we definitely, the 12th man will definitely be there to, to carry them through. So I think that's, that's an advantage. Yeah. I, I, I will be there representing all of you uh, on the Sunday. So I'll be attempting to sing my little heart out for you. Oh, do so. Lucky you. I'm going to lift uh, care of you. <laughs> so, Molly, what what are you expecting from the game from us? Do do you think it's going to be something like the um, the Brentford lineup, or you're expecting uh, any other changes? You know, subject to people being fit and available. It could well be very similar, and to be honest, I think, I mean, I'm still not really sure what happened yesterday, but I can't imagine that the players, whoever is on the pitch, is not going to be totally up for it. Um, and I think the pressure will be on, but in, in for, for Liverpool anyway, in a good way. Um, like you say, they're going to have the backing of an entire Anfield from people that haven't been to many games yet against City, against the, the biggest rivals, um, against Man City's kind of whinging about injuries after the season we had last season and they're like four billion yeah. pound bench or whatever it is. Like crime me a fucking river, do you know what I mean? And <laughs> like <laughs> Oh I, I know think... what I know exactly what you mean. Oh, um, <laughs> just makes you laugh. Um, and I think that I think they're going to be totally, totally up for it. I think the boys are. I think the fans are. And it could well be a tight game. Um, like you said, it could well be a two-one or a three-two again. Or that's highly likely. However, I'm in complete agreement with Amy Kate in that. Pep just seems to lose his marbles <laughs> when it comes to Liverpool. <laughs> and I can't explain it. No, oh, I don't just, think he, he can't. can't he can't support <laughs> no. He's always talking about it's Liverpool. Watch, it's rubbing off on Ollie a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, and I just think he can't. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Klopp. I don't know if it's like Amy Gazers. We have fans. Um, but there's something. Um, unless he kind of gets his head together, um, I think it could that could help us. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm certainly hoping so. I'm hope. I'm hoping Pep disappears. Up his own tiki taka, uh, <laughs> and uh, and you know comes you know 
comes up with some bizarre formation or or approach like he 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 seems to do against us more times than not. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of not interested in them moaning about injuries when they've got you know they've got about three players for every single position. Um, so it's it is it is going to be really interesting though on on the back of the fact that they managed to that's the first time they've managed to beat Chelsea. Um, since Tuchel's been there, uh, so I think that that's been a big fillet for them. But it will be interesting to see how they do against PSG uh, with you know Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, uh, Ramos, uh, whoever else they kind of picked up in the in the you know the La Liga sale. So um, it, it is going to be uh, interesting. I think an interesting game. For us, I mean, Porto are second in the table, uh, I believe, in the sort of Primera Liga or whatever the Portuguese um, league is called. So, um, you know, and we're not talking about, you know, a massive amount of points because, again, they're early into their season, but they're always there or thereabouts. Um, but I believe if we play to our potential, we should be able to beat Porto reasonably comfortably. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be one of those afternoons I think against Man City it's going to uh, I think the atmosphere is going to be cracking um and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good game that's what I think I'm not you know you know how crap I am at predictions so <laughs> I'm not making any <laughs> but I I you know I, clearly, I want us to win, and and we've got the ability to beat them. So I'm I am looking forward to it immensely. I have to say. Um. So we're just coming up to another break, and then we'll be back shortly to uh, focus on the Anfield Road expansion. Talk to you all soon. Enjoying this podcast. Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Mulby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists. We'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. Welcome back. So just before the break, we said we were going to talk about the Anfield Road expansion. So uh, let's move on to that now. One of the uh, pieces of the news that sort of come out in the last couple of weeks is that the Anfield Road development is definitely now going ahead. Another 7,000 seats uh, will be added on to take Anfield's capacity over 61,000, um, which I think is fantastic news and and they plan it to be open for the 
23-24 season and also that the construction will be done as they did it for the main stand, the new main stand, which is they will be building it behind the current uh, Annie Road end and then it will, uh, you know, so so we will continue to use the Annie Road as it currently is. Um, but one of the things that I noticed on the uh, one of the statements um, about it and the fact that it was going ahead was also around the, the commitment in terms of the local community as well and um, like opportunities for um, apprenticeships um, and sort of graduate placement and sort of long-term roles in construction and stuff which also seemed like it was a it was a really positive thing I mean you know let me let me start with you Molly for this one um, I appreciate you don't live around the corner from Anfield but as a uh, a native of Liverpool, I would imagine that, that that's something you really welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially because obviously I did teach in Liverpool for quite a few years. Um, and, you know, I don't like to get political. But when a certain government came in, I we basically just watched our schools be shred of resources and the ability to give the children anything other than a direct route to university mm-hmm. um, and that's not for everybody and no. then so we have children who just basically fail at everything for five years because we're not teaching them the things that they would be good at so if this is going to bring in things like apprenticeships uh, in construction and and all of that, that's amazing. That's really, really, like, fantastic. Uh, because, you know, we ended up coming abroad for many reasons. But one of them was that I, we just felt we were not helping the, the kids who were teaching in the way that we should. Um, and so to kind of hear that and to hear that commitment, it's exactly what many of the schools and many of the young people in the city need they need these opportunities just because you're not amazing at English and maths doesn't mean you're not good and you're not deserving of a really good job and really good opportunities um so yeah it's fantastic if that's what they're going to do that's absolutely fantastic yeah, they've um, they've made a commitment to a number of like you know employing people locally, and apprenticeships and various other things. I'll, I will dig out the um, the, the statement and and uh, sort of throw some numbers on this um, a little bit later. But um, in terms of the the sort of capacity and the 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 atmosphere, so one of the things that I remember FSG talking about was the the feasibility in terms of them wanting to be able to have more uh, hospitality opportunities. And they've clearly found a way to design it that they can build in more corporate um, seats. But there are going to also be a number of more general seats. So, um, Amy, hey, in terms of the the sort of increased capacity, and and I'm sure you saw um, Klopp's statement 
uh, around, you know, uh, making Anfield even bigger, um, you know, give, you know, increase the atmosphere, have more Liverpool fans in the in the stadium. Um, is that is that something that you think, you know, as a as an international fan, is that something that would afford some of the like supporters groups more opportunities, perhaps as well? I hope so. I mean, I get that, especially the the local fans, and there's a big thing about um, the foreign fans coming in, and you know, there's too much corporate. And I appreciate where they're coming from because it's all about the fans, and we don't want people going that are there because you know their company paid. We want we want people that in the seats that really really love and support the club, um, but. Unfortunately, the way the game's going and there's so much money now that hospitality and the corporate link is very important. So you can't ignore that. So I get why they're doing what they're doing and they need to make a lot of money. But they're also trying to make sure that um, fans still have that opportunity and, um, you know, try and keep it. What, what Anfield's always been, you know, we didn't change venues like Arsenal did or, or Tottenham. Um, you know, they, they chose to expand our, our stadium and keep this, you know, beautiful place that we all love and they're trying to expand and build on that. So I can appreciate that. And, and, and I'm so glad and to, to be able to, you know, come over from America and, and be there. So this is another opportunity, hopefully, to have, you know, I don't know how many seats are going to be dedicated to fans and to corporate, but there's going to be a chunk of seats that are going to be available for us. And, I mean, there's never going to be enough seats for us. We're, we're, we're such a huge fan base, and people want to come from all over the world, but this will at least hopefully give us more opportunities to be sitting there and enjoying that game that we all love. I mean, some people don't get to have the luxury to go week in, week out. And it's their one big time. And, you know, I have a friend from Australia. He hasn't been since the 90s, but he is probably one of the biggest Liverpool supporters I know. And, you know, if he has to pay for hospitality, he'd do it just so he could be in the stadium. But um, I'm, 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 just, I'm just looking forward to being able to be back there and, and, and see it all because I think it's going to be really brilliant. Yeah, it's... You know, it's it's really you know it's really important to try and balance the the you know the the needs I guess of the local fans as well as the the needs of because Liverpool is a global club and yeah. it has a fan base. Um, yeah. But I but suppose it's, it's interesting me, for me as okay. well, just just on the the corporate bit because of you know what's happened over the last you know nearly two years now with covid yes uh the the corporate bit is is important um you know and and clearly you know you know we'll see businesses go back to normal but actually i think there is a there's a bit of me that sort of says you know it (laughs) a, a lot of things happened with with covid and the pandemic and in terms of you know how how we live, how we work, how we, uh, you know, how we interact with each other. So maybe it's not 
it shouldn't all be about the money as well. Yes, it's important. We all understand that. And the weird thing is, with this sort of cultish FSG out group or whatever they are, it keep banging on about you know we you know Liverpool don't you know the owners don't want to do this don't want to do that um, I don't quite understand particularly in this day and age where they think somebody else is going to come in with all of these uh, multi millions of pounds or whatever but anyway it's a separate separate point and we we sort of talked on that before um, I, but yeah go I, on Amy Kate. I just I just find it really odd that they're still banging on and but what are they banging on about? It's 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 almost like they just don't want to give up, you know, this thing about you know having American owners and um, you know they they try to claim that FSG is not do, hasn't done anything. I mean they haven't done everything right, but they've done so much good and you know um, and when they do make those huge mistakes they they do come back and and um you know tail between their legs and and try to fix it and i don't know if another owner would do that i i guess we won't know that and i really don't want to find out because i think that um just like in boston with the red sox they they get the the fan base and how important because that that um baseball team has that same nostalgia and and um, it, it's very similar with that about how they feel about you know preserving the history instead of starting afresh. So I think the you know and and we we may well delve into um, FSG um, on uh, more deeply on another day, but just just to put some numbers behind the the Annie Road development. Um, so the main contract, the principal contractor is a company called Buckingham. So Buckingham have committed to offer around 35 work placements and more than 800 apprentice and training weeks uh, across the build. Um, the When it completed, the Anfield Road stand expected to create around 400 match day roles um, in addition to the sort of two and a half thousand um, already employed in various operations. Um, and then it also says the the redeveloped Anfield Road stand is anticipated to be ready, as I said, 23-24 season. The design will see the lower tier retained and refurbished with a new upper tier built above it, as well as increased capacity. It will be similar to the main stand with improved concourses, sports bar, lounge, hospitality facilities. And it will also see the relocation of the family park to a covered position. So... Um, and there's there's various other bits they're talking around in terms of working with the red neighbours, uh, sort of like local initiatives on activities with the local communities and schools. Um, even though you know it's it's sort of depressing, but you know across food poverty, um, one of the things that they're working on. But yeah, again, not not to get political, but you know you have MPs turning up to celebrate opening another food back. I think you've kind of lost lost your perspective on what what you're actually there to do what your job is uh, anyway that notwithstanding <laughs> um uh, randy so is that 
are you are you looking forward to putting your name down to potentially get a ticket and be in the new Annie Road stand <laughs> when it opens? Of course. Uh, I mean, I think for all uh, Liverpool fans, is a good uh, good news when you can have more fans in the stadium. But I completely sympathise with the with the idea that it should not just be uh, uh, what we call it. Um, uh, people in the boxes, you know, be, been paid for being there because I am a tourist myself coming all the way from London, maybe once or t- if I'm lucky, twice a, a season. Uh, haven't been for a while now, obviously. Uh, but I'd love to be in there. But I also want to be in there singing the songs. I want to participate, not observe. And I really think that's very important because if everyone is coming for the atmosphere, observing it, nobody's going to bring it, you know. So that is so important to me. So, yes, let us from outside uh, get in there once in a while and keep the rest of you there all the time because it is so important. So it is a good thing, but make sure it's not just hospitality. And uh, talking about the safe stand, didn't we talk about that? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. So this seems like a good a good point to to segue into that. So, um, I I mean I don't know, but one one assumes that they might be uh, using the opportunity of the construct construction to uh, facilitate um, safe standing if and when they decided that they they wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, we're obviously talking about this because of the government announcement um, in the UK to that they're they're as part of their pilot um, uh, registered clubs who who sort of go forward and put their put their name down will be able to trial this from the first of January uh, 2022 until the end of the current football season. Um, but I, as I understand it. Um, Liverpool aren't necessarily planning to take part in the government trial, um, but they may continue with their own trials. But, but like you said, since we're, we're we're talking about it, Randy. So, so what's your view then on on safe standing? Well, my view is that I think is a brilliant idea because it is actually safe standing. So what we experience today is that some some places around the stadium and some people do stand anyway and uh, especially in the back uh, if you're in the back of the cop and something really amazing happens you could throw yourself or somebody else a couple of uh, rows downwards you know which is not a good idea for anyone and um, so safe standing the goal is to make it safer safer the goal is that people can stand again something to do with the atmosphere And of course, I know this is a very uh, sensitive subject for clubs with a history like Liverpool. Uh, We're not the only one, but uh, we have to remember if the goal, the aim is to make it safer. And I think that is a good idea uh, all round. And also, if you just you don't make it, you don't bring more people in. It is a seat as it is today, and then it is the rail that makes it safe. And from Norway, we've got really, really good um, uh, experience uh, doing this, and it's uh, it's a good thing for everyone. So I'm really for it. So is that is that something that's um, that's been in place for quite a while then in Norway? Yeah, 
it's been uh, I don't know how long now, maybe ten years or more. It's uh, so whenever they build a new stadium, they make sure one part of it is uh, safe standing. Right. So um, the as I understand it, um, and that that's, that's sort of really interesting insight, Randy. Thank you for that. So uh, Molly, you know me me doing you know a little bit of reading on this in terms of the uh, the sort of government pilot is is my understanding is that Liverpool um, aren't going to take part in the the government trial, but they have installed temporary rail seats in the COP and and should have a further seven thousand in use in the Annie Road stand by the end of uh, October as part of a season long trial. Um, you know how. I don't know if you've heard anything from home about this. What What's your views about the the trial, whether Liverpool's own or um, the sort of wider government scheme? Um, obviously, I've not I've not seen kind of what Randy's seen in terms of like how safe standing works and how it's used, um, but it makes me a little nervous. And I don't know whether that is just the kind of the culture that I've grown up in. You know, I was six months old when Hillsborough happened. So my whole kind of understanding of football has been standing is bad. Um, And kind of, you know, knew a lot of people who were at Hillsborough, knew a lot of people who were at the semi-final the year before. Um, My dad was in the Leppings Lane then the year before that which is why he didn't uh, which is why he chose a seat rather than to stand because it, it felt it was so dangerous uh, the year before Hillsborough um, and I just think when you've kind of grown up with all of that um, the idea of kind of bringing standing back seems strange and I think until I see it in action till I see it working um, or until I experience it, maybe it, it, yeah, it kind of does make me a little bit nervous as well. Um, I think because I'm, so I'm stupid because I'm really small, um, and so again, <laughs> that like, like I'm like I'm five foot one, like, and you know, growing up, it was always, oh, if we still had stands, and I wouldn't be able to bring you the match. It's glad to see. I'm glad everyone sat down now because now I can take you to any yeah, game. Yeah, that's that a good was point. kind of what I got from my from my dad and things. And so it's yeah. probably just that I haven't experienced safe standing. But yeah, it for me it's odd. It's just yeah. it's odd. And I think I think those are all like really valid points as well that need to be taken into account as part of a all of this um you know i you know as a as somebody who who goes regularly so i and i and i sit on the cop but when i say i sit on the cop not for every game i don't because for certain games you don't sit down at all Mm -hmm. so merseyside derby man united man city couple you know big champions league games very you know and, and a couple of others you're standing, the, the time you sit down is at half time because everybody around you is standing. Now, 
you you do it because if you sit down you can't see the game and and there is also that bit around you know particularly if people have got mobility problems or you know in your case Molly as you say you know they're small that 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 affects their view so you know you you wonder whether having safe standing sections would actually be better and the people who really want to stand can stand and the ones who want to or who would prefer to sit will sit but you know you still if 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 i'm in a get so let me take crystal palace as an example um right so because i think so many people have missed football for so long there's not a lot of sitting down at the moment when i go to the game so so even if you put aside um i wasn't at the chelsea game but you know i was at the burnley game i mean normally you would you know <laughs> you'd be sitting down for quite a lot of a burnley game <laughs> but people weren't because it's it's almost like the novelty of of being going of going back to football so there's a there's a bit around this season again feels like it's it's a, a bit of a one off in that respect but i do you know i do wonder around um the the fact that we stand now and it is not you know that where we stand is where we sit and that's not designated as safe standing so so we are potentially putting ourselves in danger when we stand because you know i've you know when we've scored you know in a big game let's say man united or something it it goes off right and there's people falling over um mm. you know, you're going forward rows there's people grabbing you from behind i don't I, i'm not sure that safe standing will remove that but potentially it may be the 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 safe standing bit will will give you know will give you other options i mean I think, can i comment sorry, just on that i i, I I don't have an issue if I go to a game and everyone stood for the whole game. That doesn't make me nervous at all. And so I don't know what it, I don't know. I think I've just been, and I'm sure there are probably quite a few people, probably my age-ish, who will probably feel similar. It's the concept. Mm. And I know yeah. it is, and I know it's not completely rational. Because if I go to a game and everyone stood up for the whole game, I'm not nervous. No, and and that's, and that's, fine. that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, so I know, I kind of know I'm not being rational, but at the yeah. same time, until but, I, th I think until I see it or until I experience it, it's not going to be something I'm keen on, if no. that makes sense. But it doesn't make good, sense, really. No, but... but... <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> but isn't it a good thing that they actually want to test it, though, before they introduce it? Because I know that you can't just introduce that and expect Liverpool fans to go, OK. You know, because the whole, as you say, the whole history, the whole, this has been in your body for like 20, 30 years. So it's it's completely understandable. But that that's why I think the testing is so important, because when you've experienced it, it really, really feels safe, because I don't feel safe now when I'm standing and it's too crammed and I've got the seat in front of me just at my skins, you know, at my legs and it hurts and there's not enough room anyway. So 
when you got your seat as normal, you got something to lean on, to hold on to, you will never get somebody from behind that is going to crush you. I mean, this is just, it feels so safe. So I think the fact that we're testing it now throughout the country is a very good idea. And then it could, you know, for people feeling the same that as you do, uh, Molly, you, you have time to process it and after a while maybe try it. And it needs to be a slow process, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. And, 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 you know, I was saying it was sort of about kind of your, your learned experience, particularly, you know, with your, with your dad and, and kind of what, what he went through and, and, you know, what you've been told. And like you say, you, you know, you were, you were, you know, barely born when Hillsborough happened, but you've grown up with everything around Hillsborough. And, you know, Amy, Amy Kate, who's slightly unfair in terms of just sort of putting put this this point to you, but um, you know when when we were sort of you know getting started on this, I was saying you know that that Margaret Aspinall has sort of given a very cautious welcome to it and sort of said you know time has moved on. You know the critical thing is obviously people's safety. You know stadia are not the same anymore. They've been built very differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know she is she is but one spokeswoman for you know one one group but um you know i don't know whether you go i mean i don't know whether you go to uh like the um u.s women's national team games or something in the states if they play and whether they uh i don't know if they have uh, the equivalent of safe standing or anything like that um but is is that is that something that you've sort of seen in America American stadia? So so for me it depends because some of the stadiums now I've I've been to um, a lot of stadiums on the summer tours and they're not always a soccer state what we call soccer um, you know football stadium it's like American football stadium sometimes it's a baseball stadium you know um, and then. I've gone and watched the LA Galaxy play. Um, there isn't any safe standing, and people are standing all the time, and they're always telling us to sit down. Um, the thing that I do like is that there's one seat per person. Um, I think that's very important because that was part of the problem is that people were cramming in and crushing other people. Um, and I, I've been a Liverpool supporter for since uh 98 so obviously i knew about hillsborough but i didn't experience it but i do um have some friends that were were there um i have some friends that had lost people um and i i listen to their stories because i think it's important to to learn the history and know the history especially being a supporter um i i agree with the cautiousness because until you see it i think in concept i think it's a great idea that because people do want to stand and I I can't remember ever sitting in in the cop all the times that I've been there um we all we tend to um stand most of the time um I was at I think if I remember correctly it was 2016 um it was uh January 2nd I went to a away game in um Sunderland and we were at the very top you know in the away section and everybody stood and I'm a little bit taller than Molly. I'm I'm five foot three, so I'm not I'm not tall either. I ended up standing on the chair the entire time, and 
the friends that I was with held me up and I was kind of nervous because I shouldn't have been doing it, but I couldn't have seen otherwise and nobody cared. So I'm literally being held up so that I could watch the game. Um, And that was dangerous. And I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Um, So I, I do hope that they're they're when they say it's safe standing, it really is. And I, I, I guess I'm with you on the cautiously um, welcoming it because I, I, I like the idea that there's a rail to hold on to. Um, there's that support. Um, and it'll, it'll hopefully yeah. make it safer, um, but only time will tell. I want to be optimistic that, that this is a good thing, but um, I don't know yet because I haven't experienced that. And it's in, in all the stadiums that I've been in, um, in Southern California and or around um, the United States, which I haven't been to a lot of them in the United States, to be fair, just, you know, once on, on some, the summer tours when I'd go watch Liverpool play. But um, I haven't experienced that here in the States. Mm. Uh, and I do yeah. remember in 2014, I was in Chicago at Soldier Stadium. Um, it was, we were playing Olympiacos and, and Liverpool dominated the stadium dominated the city everywhere you turned it was a sea of red it was amazing and it was my first summer tour um but i remember we were we were in the front row of what we were calling the cop and um we we had the front row and the second row were kind of our group that i had gone with and you see your friends and you and friends of friends and i was very uncomfortable because people were pushing in wanting to um oh let me there's room let me squeeze in and I'm like, oh, no, you're not, you know, um, I, that's, that's my concern is people still wanting to, oh, yeah. you have room for one more person. That's, that's where I'm nervous. Um, because, you know, then there's another person, there's another person. You just, you know, we need to learn from the horrible, horrible experience. And, and, you know, there's rules sometimes for a reason. It's not just to be, you know, um, no, for, for for the sake of it. So, um, I'm I'm definitely welcoming it, but I do want to um, be a little cautious as well. Um, but but football's evolving, football's changing, um, and it is. Know, for us little people, we want to be able to see, you know. Yeah. So okay. So I so I think that is I think it's been a really interesting discussion to be honest. You know watch this space we you know as we understand it at the moment Liverpool won't be taking part in the government trial but um they are going to continue with their own trial so I suspect you know as as we maybe approach the following season and also depending on the, the sort of outcome of the government trial we may start to see that as a as a more uh, a more regular thing so we shall we shall see so we're uh, coming into any other business now um, and things we've been talking about, stadium expansion and safe standing and whatever. Um, I'm going to throw in my bit of any other business um, because um, and I know none of you have experienced this yet, but um, the, the club have obviously moved to NFC technology this season in terms of getting into the stadium for games. Um, which I have to say I am finding really frustrating and somewhat shambolic. And 
I really don't understand why the club has gone ahead with this when they clearly haven't put the right infrastructure in place to be able to ensure that people get into the stadium before the game actually starts. Now, there's a separate thing with people turning up late and deliberately turning up late because they wanted a final you know, pint in the pub or what have you, and then accepting the fact that they're going to get in at 10 past. This is people turning up, and bearing in mind the club has actually given people designated arrival times as well in order to try and smooth this out. But to turn up like 30 minutes before a game is kicking off, or 35 minutes in, in my case, and not get into the stadium until eight minutes past three because it's so slow to to be able for the readers to be able to read the phones and to get people in, I just think is a shambles. Um, and we turned up uh, the game before, we turned up at our like designated time. And even then it took 20, 20 odd minutes um, and there were still massive queues. So, so you've all been you've all been to Anfield. So, if you can imagine, I I I generally go in at Gate E, which is on the corner of the Cop, um, at, on the on the Centenary Stand side. And normally, the queue is just by the gates. In you know, ha- using the old season ticket, whatever. Um, when I turn up, now I turned up. At, it was a 12.30 kickoff and I turned up at like 11.50 because I had a designated entry time. The queue was back to the garage on the corner. If you know where, where I'm talking about. And going That's back ridiculous. The and that was as a designated like entry point. Now, yes, the queue moved and it, and it went on and, and I probably got in about 10 minutes before kickoff. But that cannot be right if and then and that's what it's looking like every single game at the moment so uh so my frustration is if you're going to use this tech and, and there's a load of people also who don't have smartphones or don't want smartphones so they they're kind of they've still got their cards and then there's other people having tickets and they're sort of saying oh it's like reciprocal technology because other clubs use NFC technology for entry. Well, there's only about half a dozen in the Premier League that have got the capacity to do it. So you've still got a real mishmash. So some clubs you'll get paper tickets. Other clubs you're supposed to turn up with a smartphone. Um, And my real worry is this is around, um, you know, they they talk about safety and sort of knowing who's in the stadium or whatever. But this this is also, in my view, um, about slowly but surely restricting the ability for us to uh, also share tickets um you know so if you know if i if, if i had a season ticket and um my you know i couldn't go um then potentially you know somebody somebody else could whereas now everything will have to be via the club as opposed to you being able to just you know, to to be able to resolve it within your own, you know, sort of group and, and just, you know, give somebody else the, the opportunity. So so there's, there's two bits for me. And the, the second bit, I you know, I worry about because 
I think it 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 starts it starts to impact in terms of you having credits on one thing and another. But but the main thing for me is is my frustration around the fact that they've implemented this new thing and they and it's just it's just a bloody pain in the ass actually getting into the state the, the simplest thing you would think has now become really complex and you have to work out how far in advance of this game am i actually going to have to turn up to try and make sure i'm in my seat before it kicks off and that and that in my view that's just ridiculous anyway so that's my that's my rant over <laughs> good for you get it out I really hope by the time any of you turn up for a game, they've they've sorted it out. But it is a, it is a shambles at the moment. Anyway, so um, quickly round the table because Amy Kate, I know we we we've gone over your kickoff time now. So let me start with you. What what any other business do you have? Well, first of all, I'm going to agree with you about um, what's going on with the tickets. Um, we do this in the United States all the time. That's how we pay for our tickets. Get our tickets. There's no problem. You have an app. Um, so in my perspective, I don't understand what the problem is. Mm. Um, they live, have little handheld uh, scanners when you go through. Um, I, I'm not sure. Maybe it's because we've been doing it for so long. It does work. But I'm seeing all over social media how horrible the lines are. And um, Spirit of Shankly has spoken out multiple times um, about it and, and sending pictures. And it's awful. And so I, I really feel for people, especially when they give you a designated time, you need to be here. Well, I'm, I want to get in. I want to do You Never Walk Alone. I want to watch them practice. I don't really want to spend, you know, the last minute in the pub drinking. Um, so, you know, what if my time wasn't for a certain time, then they're going to not let me in because, because my designated time wasn't, and then I'm still late. Like that, it's frustrating, but, um, yeah, I guess, um, Hopefully they'll they'll sort that out and and really quickly because fans are just going to get more and more disgruntled. Um, as far as any other business, I want to um, take good luck. They just started. Uh, Liverpool women are playing uh, Crystal Palace, and it's on LFC TV. They do have um, a lot of games either on LFC TV or the FA Player. So um, just encouraging everybody to support. The women, they also, there's a, uh, a new women's supporters team or supporters group called LFC uh, Women, and they've arranged with the club that they go in a coach, you go to Anfield, and they'll drive you over to, um, across to the rural and, um, at uh, Tramier, and, and you can watch the game over there and get transportation there and back, and so they're doing a lot of good things to really encourage and support the women. So that's that's a really really yeah. good news. Good to see. So, so well done, Liverpool, for that. Yeah, they haven't they haven't done everything right, but you know where they do. Let's let's give. Pardon me, give exactly. them a bit of credit. Okay, thank you, Amy Kate. Molly, any other business from you? It feels like ages ago, but. I don't think we spoke about it since, but I'm still very sad about Harvey Elliott. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it was nasty, wasn't it? It really it was. was. Just, it was just one of those. I thought, I thought Mel was going to vomit. Um, 
but yeah and then i don't know again no, it was weeks ago but we haven't spoken since then and just to kind of just wish him a speedy recovery because I mean, at any age, it's horrible, but at such a young age when he's just kind of breaking into the, t- like, properly kind of breaking into the team and just to well, be happy your ankle snapped off almost. Um, yeah, so that's it. His, um, uh, his, and his reaction to it and his sort of, like, Instagram posts and, you know, saying to the guy that, you, yeah, you know, he's an accident and, uh, yeah, incredibly mature. And, you know, yeah, I, I really do hope he has a speedy and full recovery because he genuinely is hugely talented and he really was uh, st- beginning to show, you know, what he could do. And he's a massive Liverpool fan and it just seems very, very cruel. Um, so no, that's a thank you for reminding us. So yes, let's let's wish him well. Um, fingers crossed, it all it, his recovery goes smoothly. Randy, any other business from you? Well, I just think it's so funny that Ule is still at the wheel of the road, and uh, now he's so pressured, he has to talk about Klopp again. You know, I find it so funny. And he's really in a corner now because all, after all the shopping and all the brilliant team he's, plays he's got, is like they can't win a game. And also the fact that he complains about the West Ham players complaining to the ref in the last oh, game. And no, I think... If, I know. And if that was not the Man United trademark in the 90s. I mean, I mean, they were all over the refs all the fucking time. So he was one of those, actually. And now he's complaining. I find it so funny. Well, let the good time roll on. So just make sure mm-hmm. he's still at the wheel. That's my message. <laughs> did you see, just, just as you mentioned it, did you see the, the little clip of, um, is it Martinez or Martinelli? Whatever, the, the, the Aston Villa goalkeeper, like, Basically, goading, uh, you know, over Fernandez, going yeah. to Ronaldo to be taking the penalty. And it clearly worked. Um, so, which I thought was hilarious, actually. He, he was probably psyched out by um, uh, the look, I mean, in his back from Ronaldo, I guess, because now I guess he's out of that service. Yes. Well, you know, as the saying goes, we're you know we're all surprised um, that, that that Fernandez did take the penalty because Ronaldo doesn't normally take no for an answer. Exactly. <laughs> oh well. I'll just I'll just leave that one there. Schadenfreude. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so just a subtle bit of humour there. Um, for not a funny subject, to be fair. Uh, anyway, right. So we are going to draw it to a close there. Thank you very much, uh, Amy, Kate, Molly and Randy. It's been great to get back together. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We've had a great fun uh, this afternoon and we will see you all again or even talk to you all again in a few weeks time. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, 
where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.